to another episode of Extra Credit, a weekly podcast from the National Association of Credit Management, where you can expect to hear from different credit professionals each Friday. We'll help you stay informed about the latest in the B2B credit world. My name is Anna Caroline Caruso, an editorial associate here at NACM. Now let's dive into this week's top stories. First, we're taking a look at how the July Credit Managers Index dropped for the third consecutive month to a reading of 55, just five points above the economic contraction threshold. This is the lowest reading in more than two years, and NACM economist Amy Cruz Cutts says it could signal the start of a downward economic spiral as we inch closer to a recession. We got uh, the reading for second quarter real GDP, and it came in at negative 0.9%. So what does that mean? Well, some people are saying that means it's indicative of recession, that it's already started. And I want to caution folks that um, the Recession Dating Committee or the Business Cycle Dating Committee of the National Bureau of Economic Research doesn't rely very much on GDP readings. They really are looking at more broad measures and they're looking at, for example, um, the labor market statistics, and that's still showing very low unemployment and you know, consistently solid uh, jobs numbers, as well as, you know, openings that are going unfilled. So for the moment, we're not in recession. CMI backs that up. But the CMI, like the GDP report, is indicating that there's weakness and things are certainly deteriorating. You know, I am firmly in the belief that we will see a recession uh, in the coming 12 months, but at the moment it hasn't arrived. And I think the CMI is backing that up. You can read more about the most recent CMI reading in the latest version of eNews, and you can view the entire report on our website. Also happening this week, the current labor market is forcing credit departments to rethink the way they work. Cody Christensen is a credit manager at Waxy Enterprises. He says his department needs more credit professionals, but at what cost? I think all companies with COVID are going through like a transitional period. Just everything's a little different nowadays. Um, but we notice, like when employees leave, like to backfill them is not as easy as it used to be. Everyone wants more money, and we, and then our even our recruiters are like, well, that's the market rate, you know. But that the market rate's higher than our existing employees. Do we really want to pay someone new more than one of our best players, you know? Wage inflation is not the only part of the labor market that has changed in recent years. Every credit department has created its own policy and approach to hybrid work. Christensen says the efficiency of his credit team has increased because they need to meet certain metrics to be able to work from home. We have a standard or a baseline, and if they're above that, they could work from home. If they're not, kind of feel like maybe they should be in the office where they can not distract it at home. Days beyond terms, and then their DSO, and then their CEI. We also capture like how many accounts they work, and our baseline's like 36. So if they're below that, I mean, there's different categories. There's like, as far as the results go, based on each category is how, how long they could work from home. So there's four categories. If they meet them all, they could work from home all month. If they meet one, they could work at home one week a month. I mean, a lot of people are really driven by it. They want to work from home, so they're going to kind of push themselves to get their numbers right. Next, we're taking a look at how the onboarding process, especially in a virtual environment, involves more than you might think. Chris Myers is the president and CEO of Professional Alternatives. He says remote work has made the onboarding process more difficult, but it's doable if managers are intentional about communication. In some cases, managers are really having to fight 
the the feeling that it's much more transactional than you know the the employment relationship is much more transactional, whereas historically you know having a relational component of it was really really critical. And now with with people being fragmented and not having the access, right, that that's a real risk that it becomes very transactional, and the relational piece has to be purposeful by the manager in order for that to be developed. Yeah, you know, I think most companies have a plan for, you know, the very specific black and white items. Like I said, how do you get, you know, completing, you know, new hire paperwork and, you know, getting into your email and, you know, all those, I think most companies do a pretty good job, but those intangible black, the, the gray areas in there where, you know, there may not be a crystal clear, correct answer, but making sure that the thought process is aligned with, you know, the company's thought processes or the manager's thought processes, making sure that you don't get too far of a disconnect. There really does need to be a fair amount of thought and planning into that before uh, an employee is brought on board. Otherwise, like I said, it, 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 you definitely are setting the employee up, maybe not for failure, but you're certainly setting them up for some some uh, rocky paths that they it's really not fair to them to have to traverse. Keep an eye out for the September-October issue of Business Credit Magazine to learn more about virtual onboarding. That's all for this week's episode of Extra Credit. We'll be back next Friday, but until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. You also can register for next week's webinar about survey of Tennessee lien and payment bond laws on Wednesday. <laughs>